This is the podcast TV show that gives you the facts, food, and fitness. Join me as I travel around in my RV interviewing people from all around the world via online and in person, discovering the eight dimensions of wellness so that we can find a way to live in complete balance. Check that out, guys, the final product. If you're hungry and you got smell and vision, I'm getting it. There you go, I wish, right? Two, three, Time to get going. Welcome to Wellness on the Go. I am your host, Jason Cronin, and enjoy the show. In today's show, we're going to talk about intellectual wellness and focus on addiction associated with substance abuse. I'm super pumped to have our special guest today. He's an addiction expert, a professional speaker, business owner, and author of the book, Daddy, Daddy, Please Stop Drinking. His passion is to help people take back their life and overcome suffering from alcohol and drug addiction. I'd like to welcome from Texas, Dr. Rob Kelly. Thank you so much for being with us. And how's your morning going? Doing great, man. Thank you, Jason, for having me on. This is, uh, is going to be a good one, guys. Be careful. It's going to be a good one. Most definitely. I hope you're having a great early morning. Before we get into everything, I want to talk a little bit about your background and some addiction that you suffered with. Give me a backstory about you playing with professional musicians. I saw you play with Queen, David Bowie, Elton John, some of the big names out there. How was that like? It was amazing. You know, I mean, I was drinking and using a lot of the time. So I didn't really take advantage of the wow factor. Um, So, you know, it it was weird at first and then it just felt so at home. It's just, you know, amazing. I met some amazing people, played with some amazing people. So, yeah, it was was one of the experiences that you're probably never going to get again. Uh, but I, I, I'm kind of the all or nothing guy, Jason. I, I just, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it really big. And if I, like, I've never played baseball, uh, basketball, or baseball, never played it because uh, I can't play it, you know. And I'm too old to learn, so I just don't do it. So yeah, it was amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. Something I'll cherish the rest of my life. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely uh, great musicians. And I know in your bio, I saw that you suffered from addiction. When did you realize that drugs and alcohol took over your life and you had to basically take over and regroup and say, this is not for me? This is the crazy part because you'd think it was at the beginning when things start going wrong, but it wasn't. I just think I was going through some bad luck. I was drinking every day, probably some cocaine in there as well. Uh, And then, you know, the 2.4 kids, the the house, the car, the, the nice job, whatever. I had everything. Uh, and slowly I started to lose it and didn't realize. So, you know, I lost the, the wife left and the kids. I got thrown out the house and, you know, that got sold. And I, I went to my parents and they threw me out after a week or so because I was drinking every night. I smashed the guitar one night against the wall, broke the neck of the guitar. And uh, eventually my dad threw me out. Um, I hated that man for that for many years, but it was the best thing he ever did. And just on that note, Jason, to show how alcoholism and addiction is, is cruel is my dad came up one night and he asked me to leave. It was probably eight, nine, ten o'clock at night because I'd been drinking in the room. The, the house was no alcohol and I was sneaking alcohol in, and he asked me to leave. And uh, I, I remember leaving and, and sleeping in a bus shelter that night. But, um, you know, my, my mom said years later when I sat down, dad was out at the, at the pub and I sat down with her and I said, remember when dad threw me out? And, and he, she said, yeah. And I said, you know, I hated him for ages. And she said to me, in 50 odd years of being married, that's the only time I've seen your dad cry. 
And he just forced home that this disease is not about me because people say all the time, well, I'm just harming myself. That's not true. That is really not true. So I just uh, eventually, you know, went to the streets and uh, just one day I got help, you know, which, uh, which was awesome. But yeah, it, it took all that for me. Do you think being a musician and being around drugs and alcohol was a contributing factor to addiction because it's so easy and readily able to get to uh, when they have the money there and the big stars? Is that very prevalent? It is. And let me say, I'm not blaming anybody for that. But oh, my goodness. Yes. What a great question. Uh, <clears throat> definitely. When I went in there, I was drinking alcohol. And by the time I finished, you know, at the studio, I was uh, taking cocaine as well to massive amounts absolutely massive amounts so yeah definitely i think it's just the it's the atmosphere it's the lifestyle you know i see people go on stage and you know they come in the back door of, of the venue and they're all miserable because don't forget you've been doing this for like 10 months 11 months while you've been on the road and all of a sudden you come in and 20 minutes later they're sparkling with life you know that isn't a cup of coffee or a cup of tea that gets in there that's obviously drugs but uh, yeah definitely definitely spiraled out yeah, that's definitely a thing. I'm so happy that you're actually okay now and healthy and into fitness. And it's amazing how you got through all that because most people, you never know. Yeah, look at those arms. Eh? <laughs> They're great shape. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger right there. That's awesome. Yes, yes. I'll really, be really back. <laughs> that's great. Is alcoholism and drug addiction a genetic? That's a big question. Everyone's probably listening. Is that something that passes down if you don't take care of your body and be really careful not to drink if you know it's in a genetic position where you're getting these questions from these are the best questions i've ever been asked unbelievable so yeah alcoholism is hereditary uh drug addiction not so much but it is a learned behavior and it's an addictive personality so alcoholics are born drug addicts are made and that's really really wild when somebody thinks about but you have to remember that the 30 odd years that we've been in the industry we're the only people that study this to the extent with alcoholism People study addiction all the time, but specifically alcoholism. You see, there's three parts of the brain with the uh, passed down uh, disease alcoholism. It's a predisposition passed down. If you think you're an alcoholic, trace uh, your generations three back, uh, three generations back. If there's alcoholism there, you are. Although alcoholism is the only self-diagnosed illness in the world, and if there isn't, you probably abuse alcohol. There's a very fine line. So the addictive personality, I take drugs, I, I work hard, I, I do all this stuff that attracts me, I gamble, I take, you know, whatever it is, that builds up into an addiction. So they both present themselves the same when it's full blown. When alcoholics are born and they're told about the uh, disease and decide not to drink before they've taken anything, they're the guys running Google and all them big companies because they're geniuses, because the alcoholic brain is amazing but if they do drink their very first drink it sets off a phenomenal they might take 20 10 20 30 40 years but what happens is there's a couple of things that we have to do at the end we die most people do we get help uh <coughs> or we lock ourselves in prison for the rest of our lives you know, it's, it's as simple as that so yeah <clears throat> a little complicated when it comes to the neuroscience because that's what we do we specialize in neuroplasticity uh, but yeah, it's a slight difference, but both obviously devastating. And neuroplasticity, that's basically just uh, the neurons in the brain and the body's way of uh, metabolizing alcohol. Is that kind of what it is? Uh, give us a little understanding about that. 
Yeah, so uh, neuroplasticity is 10, 12 years ago in the medical fraternity, we found out, even though we knew before that, uh, that you can remold the brain and neural pathways can be rerouted away from self-sabotage. So trauma is the gateway drug. That's what pushes all addictions, even alcoholism. And neural pathways are self-sabotaging. So when I normally go for a job or do anything like that, my head is always saying, you're not going to get it. You're never going to. It's not going to happen to you. And what happens is it doesn't happen to me. So by changing the neural pathways to 80% good and 20% self-sabotaging instead of 80 self-sabotaging, we begin to think in a different way. It's called a psychic mind change, a mind change. And there's a repetition strengthening confirms. So the three parts of the brain I was talking about is uh, the amygdala, which obviously sees it's like a smoke alarm for the brain. The hypothalamus, which in alcoholics only, this is why we differ, after a certain time, it tells everybody to drink water, eat food. At a certain time of drinking alcoholically, not heavy drinking, the hypothalamus turns around to us and tells us to drink alcohol. And anybody listening to this will realize that we can go days or weeks without food or water because the hypothalamus is telling me to drink alcohol. So that's the second one. The third one is the basal ganglia. And this is kind of where the neural pathways come in. But if you can imagine a clock, uh, repetition strength and confirmed, round and round and round and round. Alcoholics at about 10 to the hour have a piece in there that's self-sabotage. So we can have the kids back, the house back, the job's going good. You've just bought a new car, the sunshine, then bang, all of a sudden we will relapse. And if you ask any alcoholic why they relapse, they'll give you a billion reasons, billion excuses, but not one reason because the brain is telling us to do that. That's why they don't know. That's amazing. That's glad you broke down to the science. I'm an exercise physiologist. That's why I wanted to know. But I really like that you shared that with us. That's really, really important. Another question I have is about, like, for instance, when I drank, I, I don't really drink anymore, but when I drank alcohol, I would get sleepy and tired after two beers. But my friends would drink alcohol and turn into raging lunatics and drink anything like tequila, whatever. They would go off the chain and go in a fight on a club. I had to restrain some of my friends in public. What is the difference between people and alcohol? Sleep, making you fall asleep compared to a raging person. Is that like a split type of built in kind of like um, almost a second personality that comes out? Is that what it is? <laughs> I would not. Yeah. Another good, great question. Uh, yeah. I, I would say it is, you know, some people just go berserk. Uh, they say alcohol brings out the truth. Sometimes that's right. Sometimes it's not. But yeah, I mean, obviously you're not attracted to alcohol. It makes you sleepy, as does nothing for you. Alcohol is actually a depressant, you know, so that's why you probably go to sleep because, you know, it relaxes everything. Other guys, the inhibitions and everything like that comes out when they drink because everything starts to slow down in the brain and all of a sudden become brave and all, all that learned behavior and, and trauma from childhood comes out and, and they want to fight back. Anybody will do, just get that out of them. And that's what happens to most people. So with alcoholism and addiction, you can't just stop. You have to go back to childhood and you have to clear the childhood trauma and the learned behavior uh, that's making us like this. So let me talk about learned behavior in case people don't know what it is. We put a thousand fleas into a huge mason jar, trying to get them arms in again. You see that there? Sorry. Into a large mason jar. And then we put the lid on and we punctured it so they could breathe. Now, this was an experiment that I'd heard of. Uh, after three days, we went back to the mason jar and we unscrewed the top, which, as you know, fleas can jump 
two, three, even four feet in the air. Not one flea jumped higher than where the lid was. So that sounds interesting, but what was, what was absolutely mind-blowing is the babies they had in the jar, they wouldn't jump higher than where the lid was, and they'd never seen the lid. So this learned behavior comes out when we drink, and uh, sometimes, obviously, it's, uh, it's devastating and can get you in a lot of trouble. Most definitely, yeah, that's a great study. And uh, learning about that is really unpopular. Like, that's why I was, next question is, what is the first sign of being an addict? Like, what do you think is, someone says, I'm not just drinking for fun, but I'm an addict. That's, that's what I got to, I got to tell myself, oh, that's not something I need and got to stop that. I think <laughs> the measure I always use is when you take the first drug or drink, can you stop? So if you go out with your friends at nighttime or an office party, you have one drink, can you stop right there? If you can't, there's obviously some sort of addictive personality or alcoholism going on. I had to drink to the end. I always drank more than everybody else. You know, it's like I see people all the time. And what happens is, and this drives me crazy, because this is this is alcohol abuse. When they go to a party and they drink half a glass of wine and leave it and they go home. Or the guy, you know, I, when I was playing musician on stage, I'd look down and the guy would take a mouthful and, you know, beer. And she took a, a mouthful of wine. And this went on for like two hours. And I'm like, will you drink it for God's sake? Just drink it and I get some more. And then he would go away, leaving bits in the glass. And that's when I realized that not all people are like me because I would, uh, I would have to finish stuff like that. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's definitely interesting. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely don't want to waste, right? Go to waste. Oh, I hated waste. And actually, a little funny story real quick is I had, I had a birthday party back home in England and, and, and somebody bought presents. And somebody bought me, and this was during my active alcoholism, somebody bought me a set of three. You know the stoppers that go into wine so you can keep it yeah. fresh? Yeah. I'm like, why are you buying me them? I'm never going to use them. I have never left wine in a bottle to this date. You know, they were useless. I had to hand them back and say, yeah, we're never going to use them because I would always have to drink until the end. Oh, wow. <laughs> but the next one is actually, like, this is really important, too, about peer pressure. Do you feel like there's peer pressure and the media, like, for instance, that your friends kind of encouraging you to drink, like, at frat houses, at parties, celebrities getting together, just a, a person really depressed? Do you think peer pressure and media have a lot to do with becoming an addict or drinking, like your friends kind of coaxing you to start with, the, uh, I guess, the gateway drug and go and go and go and keep going? I think so, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on teens these days. And, you know, there is a movement right now, and I feel it because I'm in the industry, of young people taking more care of themselves. So they're more into healthy foods. I know a lot of young kids that just don't drink. You know, they're in the gym and the training and they're looking amazing. But there's definitely pressure because where I come from, and I don't know whether, you know, everyone else would agree with me in Manchester, England, but I can't, it's kind of used to go to the pub on the way home from work or, you know, pub was a big part or clubs were a big part of our lives. But if you didn't drink, there was something odd about you. It's like, oh, yeah, have you got some illness or, you know, what's going on? Are you a police officer? And it's like the old joke goes, which is so true. The guy walks in the bar with his friends and the friends say, what are you having to drink? And he says, uh, oh, just, you know, nothing. And he said, why? I'm an alcoholic. And his friend said, what? Oh, no, sorry, it's a mass murder. And friend said, what? And he said, I thought you said you're an alcoholic for a minute. It's like this stigma, you know, that, that sticks with people. And you just, this sentence, I'll capture it all. Know your limits. Just know Definitely. your limits, you know? 
Yeah, and be the leader in the group. I we've had people that's got well, and and they still have the friends and they go out with. I I, I think about friends who drink. My wife drinks now and again. Um, but what happens is when you put somebody different into a group that's changed because they're not drunk or wasted, but they have positive attitude in life. Two or three of the people that were just as bad will join them on this on this new path. It's like it's like you you take up this leadership because you're not crazy when you're drinking. It's it's phenomenal. Uh, so it's definitely good. Like misery loves a company. Same thing with people are happy. It's kind of contagious, which is a really good thing. And it is good. Like if you if you if you surround yourself with friends that are good for you, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Then you will mold yourself into that lifetime. So if you're on twenty grand a year and you want to be a sixty, hang around the guys that earn sixty. Absolutely. So hang around the five best people you want to be like. That's oh, really really yes. important. Now, on your website, I saw that you have uh, three concepts of addiction or components of addiction, fear, abandonment, and shame. Give me a little bit of background about that and how that works for your program. So fear, fear-based. Babies are only born with two fears, the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. That, that's, what, that's what it is, period. That's all babies are born with. What, what happens is we, we, we start fear in our head and, and all of a sudden through learned behavior, caregivers, school, but if you don't do that, you'll go to the headmaster. That becomes a fear. So we build these billions of fears up. It's no wonder we're messed up. So if we attack the fear itself and take the fear out of the disease, which is hard to do, but very, very possible, uh, then uh, obviously uh, life will be a lot better because there's no such thing as fear. It doesn't really exist. You're fearful about speaking publicly. You get there to give you the mic. Fear's gone. It's just a it's waste, but it's very, very real. Abandonment, this is the biggest thing in life, especially with alcoholics and addicts. When I was on the streets, I was abandoned. That's how I felt. I used to call my mom up and I put the put the money in the phone and I say, Hi mom, and she put the phone down. You know, abandonment kills people. The worst thing you can do for a human being is isolate them away from other human beings. We we did a, a test on death row over here in Texas. We have a prison that kills people if you if you get the death penalty. And most of the people that arrived going into the last week of, of there before they got the actual death date, so say they're all week out, most of them were partially insane because of the isolation. So it's really, we, we sort out that. And of course, the shame, the shame of being an alcoholic, the shame of having to take drugs, not providing for the family, letting people down, it, it, it's devastating because the only way to get rid of fear, abandonment and shame for me was to drink alcohol because it all went away with a few drinks. Everything calmed down. So you're in that no win situation, whatever you do. That's why neuroplasticity and, and all the stuff we need to do to get better needs to change because my old thinking is to go and have a drink whenever I'm under pressure. You know, so what I try and do is I plan my days, I plan things. You know, I have a bunch of people around me that do this for me. So, you know, you guys will find it a little bit harder, but plan things because people say to me all the time, I work well under pressure. You know, I say to them, come back in 20 years time when you look 80, but you're only 40. Nobody works well under pressure. Oh, Brady worked. No, he doesn't work well under pressure. If you think he does, he's a talented guy. You know, people are talented uh, business guys that, that don't work under pressure. Oh, I've got to get a deadline in. Listen, if you plan it out, plan your daily out, get a routine in your life, journal everything you're doing, that deadline will be done four or five days before it's even due. It's all a matter of perspective. Like if I told you to put your hand in the fire for five minutes, it's going to seem like an hour. 
because your hand's burning. But if I take you away and ask you to sit with this pretty blonde girl, you know, for an hour, it's going to feel like five minutes. So everything is not as it seems. Quantum physics will tell us this. You'll love this. You know, that we can literally be anybody you want to be. And you can literally have anything that you want to have. There's always a small price to pay, but people don't think they are worthy. People don't think that they can earn the million dollars, be the CEO. Be, people don't think they can't date that girl. It, it's crazy. The, the problem is that we're born with million-dollar minds, but we hang around 10-cent minds all the time because we don't want to step out of our comfort zone. Guys, if you're listening to this today, it's not by chance. It's for a reason. I want each and every one of you, if possible, to step out your comfort zone today. Do something. Compliment somebody. Buy something. Whatever it is you need to do, and you will start to feel better as the day goes on. Absolutely. That's perfect. No, I love that. That's really, really, really good. And um, got to have a positive mindset. I wake up every day and do this gratitude and mindset and get right into my exercise. And, and I've dealt with Beautiful. a lot of anxiety. The fear. Talk about fear. I've dealt with severe anxiety, and now I'm perfectly fine. I have a whole program helping people with anxiety. The biggest thing for that is just not have the fear and overcome that. But I, mm. let's, talk, let's talk about your program. I was really intrigued about your program. What does your program uh, differ from other programs? I'm really curious about the differences of what you do for people and other programs maybe don't do for So we, we have a 97% success rate. Other people have 3 to 4%. Uh, we only take on 3 to 4 patients at any one time. And what we do is we don't concentrate on the alcohol and the drugs. They're the symptoms. It's a bit like having chicken pots and you say to me, I can see you've got chicken pots. I say, how do you know? You say, I can see the spots all over you. And I say, actually, that's a symptom. I also have a viral infection that could kill me as an adult. It's the same with alcohol and drugs. The alcohol is the symptom. It's not the disease. It's a, it's a biochemical reaction passed down from generation. So we're actually allergic to the ethanol in alcohol, especially with alcoholics. That's what that's so we concentrate on rerouting your brain, rewiring your brain. Now, you can't leave out the central nervous system and the behavior. I'm also a behavioral scientist with a PhD, uh, as well as a psychologist PhD. So we look at the brain, we look how the central nervous system is react, and we use tools like it's every day for an hour. You need to see us. We only do telehealth only, but via Zoom, we don't do inpatient anymore. And it's worked out amazing. We've been doing this for seven or eight years well before everybody all of a sudden was an overnight you know online counselor um, and we just change everything about you we set goals for you we make sure you get there we'll go over the top i visit you every three weeks and you know we really work on everything that we've been working on and we change the whole thing so what happens to the drink or drugs is that compulsion to take it is taken away you don't longer crave or you if you've taken the drug and you crave for more and you don't longer have this crazy mindset that tells alcoholics and drug addicts it'll be different this time i'm just going to drink beer not no alcohol proper alcohol uh, i'm just going to smoke marijuana i'm not going to do cocaine this craziness in their head which literally is insanity uh, we change that as well we change from the subconscious brain messages uh, to the prefrontal cortex we change the basal ganglia we change the amygdala we look at the amygdala and look at the trauma that all surrounds like this, the smoke alarm again. You know, we look at the trauma that's causing it. And when you do these things with the passion we do and the knowledge that we do, then you find a solution. We have a solution. You know, if you follow our program to the T, after you leave us to the T, 
and relapse, I'll refund your money. Nobody in the world does that. Why? Because we're the best in the world at what we do. We do what we love because we love what we do. And, and personally, I was sick and tired of watching people die from addiction. You know, I'm sick and tired of lack of information from people just, you know, in and out of treatment centers for $30,000 every time. If you've had the same guy into your treatment center for three or four times and you're still charging him, shame on you. I mean, there is a solution to this BS that we're going through, and it's not locking yourself away for 90 days. I can quite assure you that because you have to deal with the problems as they happen. You can't shield anybody away from alcohol or drugs and expect them when they come out of treatment prisons or whatever that they're not going to use again it goes deeper than that way deeper than that that's great that's that's amazing and you have 90 percent, 97 percent success rate that's really really yes. good and i'm so happy that's working for people and your program is going awesome what is your definition your own words of total wellness if you were to put a definition i would say it was balance balancing everything in life balancing you know, love life, private life, training, diet, whatever we've got to do is just that balance. And what happens is my head's not like up and down and up and down when I live in that state. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like this, you know, the balance in life is is phenomenal. And, you know, I've, I've over the last uh, 11, 12 months, I've just lost a hundred pounds in weight. I've got back in the gym at the age of 61 and I'm training like crazy. Again, it's all mindset and balance. You know, as long as you've got balance in your life, you stand a chance of being very successful, very wealthy, very healthy, and you have peace of mind. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great definition. Balance is excellent. We all need balance out there. But we need to take a short yes. break. But when we come back, we're going to learn more about Dr. Rob Kelly. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jason here with Body Express Wellness Solutions. Have you ever dealt with anxiety, stress, and almost got to the point of burnout? or have been burned out in your life? I know I have. I suffered with anxiety all my life. But the last two years, I developed a system to neutralize your anxiety, reduce stress, and to avoid burnout. That's right, I can help you get rid of your anxiety. As an exercise physiologist, call us today at 615-732-5799. And for today, and for all the listeners watching, I'd like to give you my free wellness routine checklist. You can download it at the link below and use that link to get started. Reduce stress, neutralize your anxiety, and also take back your life to avoid burnout. Have a great fit day. We're back here with Dr. Rob Kelly, addiction expert and also business owner. Dr. Rob Kelly, I really appreciate you being with us today. I saw that your addiction program utilizes exercise because I love that because I'm an exercise physiologist, personal trainer, and do a lot of things with exercise and mindset. Give us an understanding of how you incorporate exercise into your client's regime. Well, we have, uh, we have a guy that specializes in neuroscience and exercise. So we're, we're, again, changing the way you think, changing the exercise, you know, pushing you to the limits all the time. So we, we believe that you've got to move for 20 minutes a day. I mean, it's four chemicals we need every day, you know, to lead a good life. And uh, obviously, the, the training, the moving for 20 minutes a day is part of that. Uh, endorphins, you know, to, to make you happy. So dopamine, obviously, and endorphins are a good feel chemicals. So we think it's real, really important. And you, you don't have to buy a membership to, to a gym with, you know, $500 a month. You have to move. 
you know, for 20 minutes. Walk the dog, if, if that's the least you can do, or jump on a stationary bike. But we have a guy that uh, one of our one of our staff is just amazing taking you through this stuff because without exercise, the body's not moving because what happens is we only breathe 25% of our lung capacity. Everybody does. When we breathe proper oxygen that circulates round, there's a couple of things that happen. First of all, it regenerates the whole body, including the brain. Uh, and secondly, and this is very interesting, that if we breathe oxygen fully, like you do 20 big breaths in the morning, 20 in the afternoon, 20 at nighttime, when oxygen is present, no diseases can grow any further than they already are. That's a fact. So if cancer, whatever it is you've got, with proper oxygen intake every morning, afternoon, and nighttime, when oxygen is present, diseases cannot grow. But we don't breathe. 20%, 25% at most. So when you're exercising, you know, you're always taught to breathe in, you know, and you're doing the exercises. So it's, it's amazing. The neuroscience behind uh, exercising now is phenomenal. Amazing. Sometimes when I'm not feeling well, I, I run on a treadmill, I go for a walk or do something. And it does make a big difference. Like when uh, that's a really good idea for people out there. You got to move. And I, I interviewed a few people that say sitting is detrimental for you. If you sit too much, it's not a good thing as yeah. well. Like standing desks, things like that are much something you should incorporate in your work day. Like stand up, walk around every so many, uh, every 20 minutes or so. It's really important. Definitely. I saw that after helping thousands of people, you work with a lot of celebrities. So when you have that, that 97% success rate, um, how is it working with a celebrity compared to someone else? Is it different or same thing? Or is it just the normal people like us? Just they're celebrities. Well, most of our work comes from word of mouth. We very rarely advertise. So you've got to know somebody to come in. And uh, when celebrities come along, we make it, um, we make it known for the very beginning that you're not in charge now. We don't care who you are. We don't care if anybody knows your face. It makes no difference. It's going to stick a baseball cap and a pair of sunglasses. Nobody knows who you are, and you're going to follow my program. That's done at the airport. You agree with that? And you go, okay, yeah, great. Well, let's come on. We'll, we'll move forward. So there is a little bit of I'm better than anybody else, uh, but we really get stripped with them because they, by the time they've come to us, they've usually done two or three, four, five, six treatment centers or counselors or help from a doctor. But our program is so different that uh you know they they pay attention they do the work uh they do the readings they do the exercises they they do everything we tell them because we guarantee at the end after the 19 our program is three to six months so let's say after the three months you'll be the person that we told you would be when you first come along so i've never had anybody uh do that do you know who i am card in actual fact i can tell you the story because he told but i picked uh, eddie van halen when i first came to America about 15 years ago, and I had no idea who he was. I mean, I heard the band Van Halen, but I didn't know, you know, so I'm, I'm waiting at the airport, and he comes in by first class, and uh, he, he, I'm stood there waiting for him, and he walks up to me, and he said, Dr. Robin, I said, yep. Yeah. And he said, I'm Eddie. I said, oh, cool, go. And he stopped for a minute and said, shouldn't this be the other way around? Shouldn't you be recognizing me? And we both laughed, and then I punched him. No, I didn't punch him. <laughs> we got in the limousine, and we drove home. But yeah, it's... Uh, God bless them. They try it, but hey, look, not going to try it too much, are they? <laughs> that. I hear you. Yeah, they got a bouncer right there. I wouldn't mess with you, man. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. Uh, speaking about clients, who is your ideal client? Like when someone comes to you, like what is their ideal? People listening out there, I know you can't help everyone, but what, what, who is your ideal client? 
I love your questions, man. I love them, absolutely. It's like I've done thousands of podcasts and thousands of TV, and your questions are amazing. The idea, uh, believe me, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the ideal client to us would be somebody who's been in treatment two or three times, uh, somebody that's done, somebody that's suffering badly, someone whose careers, families, wives, kids are on the line. Um, so yeah, somebody who's done it all before and they come to us and they go, it's impossible. What you're saying doesn't work. That's the people I like. Cause after it's almost 8,000 now, uh, patients down the line over 35 years, you realize that you're bringing hope to them, you know? And when I turn around to them and especially their family, that's another thing we do. The family, the wife or anybody over the age of 18 needs to participate in their own program. Otherwise we will not take the patient on. So yeah, it's just, uh, just a guy that's broken right? and he has to be ready i i turned britney spears down for a million dollars in dallas texas once because she came in drunk she made me wait for two hours and her father jamie stood up and said i'll write you a check for whatever you want and i said i can't do it see we're really really passionate about this we will not take in you can't buy i don't care how big your checkbook is you can't buy our services you have to earn them so you have an assessment with me and i have to be convinced that i can change it to this person so we can go back to the loved ones when I'm promising the loved ones that, hey, don't worry, we got him. And then two months later, we relapse. I can't do that. I have to be 100% sure that you're the match for me. But yeah, the guys, you know, whether you're a road sweeper or you're highest paid movie star in the world, it makes no difference to us. You've got to be ready. You've got to be in that situation where you're done. Absolutely. That's awesome. No, I'm glad you said that. You have to have support. Family support super important for you. Now, speaking about family support, I know you had a really rough ride in the past with your family about the book, your book that is Daddy, Daddy, Please Stop Drinking. Give us a backstory about that and how that came about for you. So I, I, uh, I got my kids one, one day from, uh, from a wife of the courts and uh, <clears throat> I took them home uh, and I decided to have a drink, put me in front of the TV and I was drinking like crazy. Uh, so they come to collect them. <clears throat> and it's what, it's what my daughter said to me. Uh, when they're walking down the path, she said, Daddy, Daddy, please don't go. And then she said, Daddy, Daddy, please get better. And the last thing she says was, Daddy, Daddy, please stop drinking. Uh, and that right there is where the book came from. Because while we were writing the book, and I tell that story often, my wife wrote the book. I give her all the information. She actually sat down and put it all together. God bless her. Thank you, Janet Kelly. Um, but we're going, my, my daughter got in contact with us on Messenger, Facebook. God bless you, Messenger, Facebook, after so many years. And uh, we flew over to see her and we're talking and it was an amazing trip. And we just sat around one day talking to Charlie, who's Charlotte, who's, who's my daughter. And between my wife, Charlotte, and, and me, I think it was my wife that said, hey, what about daddy, daddy, please stop drinking. And then we all cried. And then that was the name of the book. What I want to say, guys, on top of that is, <clears throat> uh, Daddy, Daddy, please stop drinking. Nine dollars, buy it. Everything goes back out to the community. Uh, if it do, if you don't like it, text me. I'll refund your money. It's not about money. It's about getting the story out. But Charlie, <clears throat> when we went to see her, says she wants to do what I do, which obviously thrilled me. So we sent her back to school uh, to become a fully fledged neuro linguistic programmer practitioner. And, and she actually runs my Manchester office in the UK as of about wow. two years ago. I am. Phenomenal. <clears throat> Phenomenal. So I'm surrounding myself in the business with family. We've got me. I've got Janet. I've got our girl who's amazing, Jackie. She's like family. My sister's just moved over here. She's on a, a, a six-month uh, 
traveling visa. So she, you know, does give me ideas and be really supportive and my brother-in-law. So, you know, I'm, I want to get my niece on as well. So like it's, it's our family helping your family. That's awesome. That's really, really good. And um, for people out there, where can we buy this book? It's on Amazon or you can nip to the website. I spell my name with two B's. There's a funny story behind that. R-O-B-B-K-E-L-O-Y.com or search Amazon, Daddy, Daddy, Please Stop Drinking. It's there. It's $9. Like I say, it's not about the money. You know, when they say to you, you always hear all the time from famous people, well, all the profits go to charity. Yeah, that means if you buy a book for $10, after everybody's took their piece out, 50 cents might go to charity. Everything of that $9 that you spend categorically, you can ask for records, goes back out to the community. And we give thousands and thousands and thousands of money out of our own pockets as well uh, back out into the community. So Daddy, Daddy, Please Stop Drinking, great read. Buy it, buy it for your friend. Uh, it's awesome. Excellent. That's perfect. Everybody check it out out there, that book. But now for people listening, how can we get a hold of you? And for people that are suffering with addiction or have loved ones suffering addiction, how can they get a hold of you for that way as well as all your other services that you offer? Yeah, you just go to uh, robkelly.com, two Bs, uh, or you can search uh, Rob, uh, Dr. Rob Kelly on any search engine uh, and you'll find out. We're on all the platforms. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a, a friend request. We'll always friend you. Mention this program, though, because I have I'm limited to five thousand right now. But obviously, I keep twenty open. So if you want to friend us, we turn a lot away. I'm sorry, guys, but we have to. If you want to friend us, um, mention this program, and uh, I'll accept you onto onto the platform, and, and we can have some fun. But another thing I want to say because I'm, you know, people say, well, look at you now. You're rich. You live in a big house. Drive crazy cars. It's like, listen, my feet will always be in the trenches working with people. So here's the deal. If you're at home suffering, if you're at home contemplating whether to end it all, if you're at home just miserable and thinking everyone's abandoned you, 214-600-0210 is my personal cell phone. Just come to my assistant or the front desk. My personal cell phone. Text me. I will return the text as soon as I can. And me and you will have a phone call for 10 minutes that will change your life. And you know, if it doesn't, I'll send you $100 for your time. Wow. That's an awesome opportunity for everyone out there that's listening. That's perfect. Yeah, definitely good. Need some support with that. And is there anything else you'd like to include that I haven't asked you about or things you'd like to tell everyone? I just, I just know that, you know, everybody can live the best life. It, it's not a myth. It's not like, oh, my God, this is my lot. It's not your lot. I wrote that book when I was 54. 55 or something like that. I started this business I run now nine years ago after two messy divorces when I didn't have a dime in my bank account. So don't think you're too old. You're never too old. Don't think you can't do it because you can. The only difference between you and the guy as the CEO earning 200 grand a year is he believes he can do it. You can't. You know, believe in yourself. Believe in what you do. Do a couple of things every day for other people. Keep humble. And then shoot, shoot for the stars. Follow our stuff. We, we have loads of advice on there. You can be anybody you want to be. And, and people you say to me all the time, you know, well, I can't be president. You know, we had a guy <laughs> in the country, <laughs> right? That, that's not even a, a politician. No, I mean, yeah. forget your political views. We had a business from around the country. Stop it. Don't tell me you can't be anything because you can. Categorically, you can. Absolutely. I don't think anyone wants to be president anymore, to be honest with you. No. <laughs> 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 that's a rough one 
But uh, it's so awesome to have you on the show, Dr. Rob Kelly. And thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you have an awesome fit day. Yeah, look at those arms, guys. Thank, thank you, Dad. <laughs> thank you so much. You're awesome. Very welcome. Thank you.